good is that? Woo. I reckon it is absolutely phenomenal. Um, how good was that? Awesome, amazing. The team went out and did that little promo last week after church. It was absolutely epic. I'm really, really looking forward. Just about crash that light. Um, I'm really looking forward to the series next week. Holy Spirit, come hungry, come expectant, come ready. We've got a lot of people as our a part of our Everlife family who are leaning in and hungry to know more about the Holy Spirit. And so the next three weeks is going to be awesome. The second week of the series, of the three-week series, Jess is preaching, my amazing wife. So we're all excited about that, hearing you. Jess is like, when? <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know me, I'm Shafin and myself, along with my wife, we have the privilege of leading this church. And this week for us has been birthday week. So we've got three kids and our youngest turned five today on Wednesday and our oldest boy turned nine on Saturday. And so he got a drum kit for his birthday. So we're training up the next, you know, youth drummer and church drummer. And Winter got his Iron Man outfit and lots of Lego. And so it's been a birthday week at the Williams household with lots of lollies and cake and things like that and ice creams. Um, who, who has either had a birthday in the last week or you've got a birthday upcoming in this coming week? Put up your hand if that's you, you've had a birthday. Nice and high. All right, let's give him a big birthday clap, Everlife birthday clap. Let us know if it's your birthday online as well, which would be good. Absolutely. Hey, it's so good to have everyone here tonight, especially if you're here for the first time. I don't know, maybe your friend brought you along, maybe you have never been to church before, maybe it's been a long time since you've been to church, but tonight I just want to encourage you to lean in and open up your heart, and right now I'm going to be speaking some words to us, bringing some truths from the Bible, um, and I believe God's going to speak to me, through me, to you, and so I want to encourage us just to open up our hearts and to lean into what God might want to say to us, um, and so to do that, I'd like to begin by praying, and so let's all close our eyes and pray. Lord God, I thank you so much, God, that you are here with us right now. Lord God, I thank you that you love every single person, both here and watching and listening online, Lord God. I thank you that you have the best intention for freedom for every single one of us in this place. And we just open up our heart, Lord God. We say, would you come and speak to us tonight? I pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to be present in this place, in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. Come on. It's a noise in this place. Hey, I'm excited. It's the last week of our three-part series, Breaking Free, Stepping into Freedom. It's been a great series. And tonight, I'm going to be talking about some of the practical things that we can do to find freedom from bondage and addictions in our life. Things in our life that have a hold of us rather than us having a hold of it. Um, it could be things that aren't so bad, even things like television, things like magnum ice creams <laughs> that seem to have a hold on me more than I've had a hold of it. It could be some TV, it could be shopping, it could be uncontrolled eating, it could be anything in your life, it could be pornography, it could be drug addiction. And so tonight, what I want to say is that Jesus wants to set us free from those things and lead us out of the place of bondage. And so, first of all, before we do this, I just want to make it clear, we're all a work in progress. I mean, we are all a work in progress. Just right now, why don't you just take out that stamp in your hand and it's got work in progress and just stamp it on your forehead. Um, I'm a work in progress too. I mean, we, we work out one area of our life and another thing comes along in the conveyor belt. We're like, when will this end? 
We're all a work in progress, and we have freedom to outwork our issues together. Um, we're not a perfect church. Uh, we don't have perfect people. If you're perfect, then out now, okay? No, if you're perfect, you're not welcome. Sorry. We're a whole lot of stuff-ups just trying to work out our life uh, by the grace of God. Um, there's no condemnation. Romans chapter 8, verse 1, it says, So now there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You know, Jesus' agenda for you is not to condemn you, but to lead you into freedom. He is so good. You know, tonight isn't about, you're in a mess, and I'm sorry, there's nothing you can do about it. It's, if you're in a mess, so am I. And guess what? There's one person who can lead us out of this mess, and his name is Jesus. Tonight is all about hope. Through Jesus, we can find freedom. And so, before we go into some two really key practical things we can do to find freedom in our lives. I wanted to lay a little bit of brown work, brown work, a bit of green work or red work, ground work, and talk about what, what is the principal source of our addiction and our bondage. And ultimately, it all boils down to a word called idolatry. Idolatry. Now, what is idolatry? It's a fancy word for saying we put other things above God in our heart. No matter what it is, whether it's more sinister things, things that are harmful for us, or just good things, idolatry is anything that we put above God in our heart, anything that takes God's place on the throne of our hearts. Right now, it could be the footy. It could be the eagles. I know I oscillate. I'm right on the verge there sometimes. I'm like... Thank you, eagles. I mean, Jesus, yes. Okay, <laughs> repent, repent. All right, it could be your phone. Oh, ouch. It could be music, it could be shopping, spending, could be coffee. Hello? Hey? <laughs> yep, 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 that's me, someone said. <laughs> but you know what? If we want to live in free, in true freedom, the truth is we mustn't have any area of our life that doesn't put God first. I mean, some of us can see our faith as a bit of a Sunday Christian. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian on Sunday nights from 4.30 to 5.30 on a Sunday afternoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when, yes, God is my Lord there, but I'm definitely not giving God the password to my Netflix account. It's like, no, 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 that's a no-go zone. 2.30 a.m., I'm watching what I want, when I want, that is it. But God wants every single part of our life to come under his love and his care. Exodus Exodus chapter 20, verse 2 to 3, God says this. He says, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. God has rescued us from slavery to darkness. And he says, you must not have any other God but me. In other words, what God says to us is, I want you to love nothing else in your life more than you love me. That is what it comes down to. Where, where do we direct our affection? Where do we direct our attention and our focus in our life? It's not that we don't, can't love or enjoy other things or even love other things. I mean, Jess and I, we've been married for almost 11 years. And I love Jess. Jess is unmistakably the one human on the face of the planet that I love more than any other person on the planet. Oh, come on. Everyone say, oh, isn't that nice? Yeah. It's true. It doesn't mean that I can't love you as well, but it's just all my kids, but it just, Jess is just number one. And it's the same deal with God. God 
invites us to enjoy the good things in life, but he just wants to be number one on the seat of the throne of our heart. And so some of us tonight might be asking the question of ourselves, who or what right now sits on the throne of my heart? What is it right now in this moment? What, what is it on my heart that actually has? Don't pretend, don't be a, oh yeah, the Lord Jesus. But actually consider yourself. What sits on the throne of my heart? And so some of you might ask the question, well, why does God want us to worship him and put him first? Doesn't that just make God insecure? Like God's this insecure God who needs us to feed his ego. So I'm like, yeah, I'm God. Tell me I'm God. Tell me I'm awesome. Let me tell you, that is not why God wants us to worship him or put him first. God is not insecure. He's completely self-sufficient. He, I'm sorry to say, he doesn't need you. <laughs> he does not need you. God will be okay without your worship. But there's three reasons why that I can think of right now why God does want us to put him first. And the first is this. God wants to take care of you and I. He wants to take care of you and I. See, God will never force himself on you. But what he he does is he invites us to go, God, I'll give you access to my life. Would you come? Sit on the throne of my heart. I'll give you access to every part of my life. And God goes, thank you. I just want to be God for you. I want to come in and care for you. I want to come and give you strength. I want peace to flood your life. I want joy to flood every, every single area of your life. Let me care for you. When we rewind back into the time of ancient Israel, the Israelites, they followed the Lord. They followed God. And the Israelites at that time, the whole economy was based on agriculture, which depended on the rain. And so the Israelites would cry out to God, God, send the rain. But at the same time, sometimes they'd hedge their bets. They're like, okay, we're going to pray to God, but also we're going to pray to a God called Baal <laughs> as well, hey? Hedging our bets. And they prayed to the God of Baal. And, and Baal was a statue or a God that represented the God of fertility. And so what they would actually do is block your ears, younger people. They would go and sleep with the prostitutes at the temple thinking that that act would symbolically release something in the spirit that would fertilize the land with rain. And so the Israelites were hedging their bets. They're sitting on the fence. They're they're praying to God, yet they're worshiping other gods as well. And it's in this context that Hosea the prophet was sent by God to speak to the people. And this is what Hosea said. This is what God spoke to Israel. This is what God speaks to us right now. God says in Hosea chapter 14, verse 8, he says, O Israel, and you might like to insert your name, O Shaphan, O whatever your name is, stay away from idols, these other things that you want to put as number one in your life. I am the one who answers your prayers and cares for you. I'm like a tree that is always green. Your fruit, always, it comes from me. You can hear the heart of God. He's saying, don't turn to to idols made of stone and wood and clay. Don't turn to these other shiny things in your life that look so good but can actually do nothing for you. Let, pray to me. I'm the only one that can hear your prayers. I'm the only one that can do something about your situation. Come to me. Let me be God in your life. This is why God wants us to put him as number one. Another reason he wants us to put him as number one is because you become a slave to whatever you bow down to 
You become a slave to whatever you bow down to. I've got to admit, during COVID, like Kelsey said, I'll be there going, something would just tick off in my head for a while. I was a slave to magnums. I'd find myself in front of the fridge, grabbing the magnum. Somehow it just found itself into my shopping basket and I found a magnum just in my mouth and ate that one. Then the next one came and I, I, got, I got into a bit of a habit. I did, Jess is shaking her head going, seriously, actually, he did that. Um, magnum white chalk with the cookie crumble on the outside. <laughs> just a little tip, just want to invite you into bondage. Invite you into bondage. <laughs> You're a slave to whatever you bow down to in your life. Romans chapter 6, verse 16, it says, Don't you realize that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey? You see, we can obey our own impulses, right? We can obey our own impulses, which is another spiritual term for impulses is the flesh, right? We have our, our body. We have our soul, which is our mind and, and will and our emotions, and we have our spirit. When we're born again, the spirit is immediately made new. We're, we were sep- when we were separated from God, we were dead spiritually. But when we connect to God through Jesus, we're born again. We come alive. Our spirit is good, but we're still left with our old body. We're still left with our old mind and will and emotions. And these things want to dominate our life. They like to be in charge. They like to say, what about me? You know, like, follow me. It's not fair. I want to do what I want, when I want, how I feel like it. But the truth is, if we obey our own impulses, we become a slave to our own impulses. We're living in slavery. When we obey what culture demands on us, we become a slave to the world. So we think we're, we're free, but actually we all are obedient to something. We bow down to something. Culture dictates how we should live and there's different fads and phases and fashion and we, we're, we're just in confusion about what we need to do with our lives and we become a slave to the ever-shifting demands of culture in our life. We can also obey other people and we become a slave to what other people think. And we think, what do other people think? I need to obey to all these conflicting opinions about how I should live my life. And you you become so bound up, you become a slave because you care more about what other people think rather than what God actually thinks, especially mums. I feel so bad for mums, man. Mums at home on their own with their kids in baby nappy land. And they're looking on Facebook at what all the other mums are doing with their perfect lives and their Instagram carefully curated moments. Um, it's tough. It's tough. Or we can obey Satan. We can obey the devil. We can obey temptation. And whatever we obey, we become a slave to in our lives. See, there's only true freedom is found when we obey God. You know, we're made in God's image to be like him. And when we truly obey God, we become exactly who he's designed us to be. And inadvertently, we become truly free from everything that controls us. The second, the third reason why God wants us to worship him and put him as number one on our throne is because you become like that which you worship. God wants us to worship him because he doesn't want us to become blind, deaf, mute rocks or idols. He wants us to be, become like God. We're created in the image of God and he invites us to such a higher level of living. He doesn't want us to put other things on the throne of our heart. Psalm Chapter 115, verse 8, it says, Those who make them, that's idols, those who make them will be like them. And so will all who trust in them. It's like, who do you want to be like? 
Well, put that thing on the throne of your heart and you'll become like them. It's a bit like those older couples you see, you know, been around for 50 years. They start looking like each other. It's like, hi, Mr. and Miss, 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 Mrs. Um, huh? Hi, guys. <laughs> you hang out with people, you start to look like them. <laughs> you know the ones I'm talking about. <laughs> Don't judge me. <laughs> so two keys for us to have freedom from bondage. Are you ready? This is just the beginning. No, don't worry. I'm, 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 fair, I'm fair way through the message. Two keys and the title of tonight's message. Don't worry. We're, we're, this isn't the beginning of the message. And the title of tonight's message, hello. whoa, <laughs> is turn and burn. Not turn or burn, by the way. It's turn and burn. Everyone write that down. You can write that down in your notes. Say to the person beside you, turn and burn. Like, what are we burning? I'm burning something. So step one, what do we need to do? Is to turn. Everyone say turn. What we need to, if you want freedom, we need to turn from sin. Oh, it's got serious. We need to turn from sin. Well, what is sin? What does sin mean? Is it that thing that you know that thing that you never used that you wonder why I was there on your calculator? Cause sin, tan. It's like, no, we're not mathematicians here. (laughs) Sin, sign, is that how you say it? (laughs) Sin is a a Bible word that literally means missing the mark. You know that time when you had your dart in your hand and you aimed at the dartboard and you missed it and it went to the wall onto a friend's thigh or something like that? Sin, (laughs) forgive me. Sin means just missing the mark and God... We, we can miss the mark of God's perfect law of love. No one has perfectly loved each other and no one has perfectly loved God. We've all missed the mark. We miss the mark morally. We miss the mark in terms of fulfilling the purposes of God for our life, how he wants us to live on this life. We've all sinned. But this is what God says about sin, about turning from sin. In Romans chapter 6, verse 12, God says, Do not let sin control the way you live. Do not give in to its sinful desires. This verse is really empowering. It's not saying you're a victim. You've got no choice. It's not saying you've just got to go, do you know what? We are empowered by God. Actually, I'm not going to let this control and dominate my life. I'm not being a slave to this thing that wants to control me. It goes on to say, do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Think about yourself like an instrument. Like, man, Bryn's first time on guitar tonight. Absolutely awesome. So good. And that instrument can be played really badly or really good or anything in between. The instrument is like an inanimate object to be used by the person using it. Your body is like an inanimate object. You can choose how to use your body as an instrument to either serve God and bring glory to Him or to come back under slavery again. You are empowered to make the difference. Instead, give yourselves completely to God. For you were dead, but now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Sin is no longer your master, for you no longer live under the requirements of the law. Instead, you live under the freedom of God's grace. You see, for us as Christians, before we were Christians, we were, the Bible describes we're a slave to sin. 
We've just got no choice. It's, it's our default method. But when we come under grace and we experience God's forgiveness and we're born again, all of a sudden we're set free and we're actually no longer a slave, but we can choose how we're going to use the instrument of our body. I'm either, go- I'm either going to use my instrument in a way that's going to bring glory to God or I'm going to choose to obey and come back under voluntarily. I'm going to make myself a slave again. We're not talking about whether you're saved or not. You can't be unsaved and flip back and forth every time you do something. Tonight we're talking about freedom, about, about seeking freedom from this thing that wants to have a grip on us. And so tonight I'm going to talk about three ways under this heading of turning from sin, three ways to help us to turn. Do you want a bit of help to turn from sin? I know I definitely do. Dave does. <laughs> we, we want help, all of us. Come on, everyone else, be honest. Do you want help to turn from sin? Yeah, 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 we do. I do. Three ways to help us is, one, starve your idols. Starve your idols. This is the principle. Whatever I starve will die. Whatever I feed will thrive. Whatever I starve will die eventually it will i mean just a few years ago she came home with some beautiful pot plants a bit of green <laughs> lovely green foliage in contrast to nice white walls but after a month or two i began to realize it's no longer green and white it's more like brown and white and they all started to die and so you know it's like hey come over for our house for dinner People are like, no, I'm not going to your place. I know what happens at your place. I'm not going to get fed. And so Jess neglected to water the pot plants. Okay, I know it was my responsibility too, but that's not the point. But then a few months later, round two, after we did the funeral for them and we got new ones, um, Jess started to actually feed them and water them. And you wouldn't believe it. They're flourishing. They're beautiful. They're green. And the same deal goes with us. Whatever area you want to thrive in your life, feed it. If you don't want something in your life, just starve it. It might not have happened overnight. Tonight you're like, yeah, I'm turning. Just don't be disappointed if it's a bit of a journey for you. You know, whatever you starve will eventually die. Second way, tip, is to burn your idols. Not just to turn, not to starve, but also to burn your idols. Now, what does that mean? Well, the Israelites back in the day, whenever they moved into new territory, God would tell them, burn all the idols of the existing nations that you've just conquered. Because if those idols remain, they're going to be a continuous stumbling block to you. They're going to be a continuous source of temptation. And you know, the Bible says flee from temptation. It doesn't say try to deal deal with it or handle it. It says, get out. The moment you think you can handle or deal with temptation is the moment you've already failed. You might not fail this time, but inevitably at some time down the track, you're setting yourself up for a failure. But we need to do what the Israelites did when they were actually obeying God and burn some idols. Burn some idols. I don't know whether that means for you to unsubscribe from some subscriptions or whether it means to throw something out, whether it means to no longer go to a certain place. I know for me, I've literally actually burnt CDs back in the old school days. I've had CDs that I've I've burnt, things that I've thrown out, um, things that I've given away, things that I've I've done different things to practically just, I've just got to burn some idols. So maybe right now the Holy Spirit is speaking to you about what idols you might need to burn tonight or this week. 
either in a practical way or in, in a spiritual sense. <clears throat> Another tip to turning from sin is to confess your sin. It's to talk about your sin with others. See, Satan's greatest lie is you're the only one. You're so bad. Look at all these other beautiful, nice Christians around the place that don't know. Smoking? What? What's that? I don't know what that is. It's like, no, no, no. We're not perfect. And it's a lie from the enemy to say you're the only one. To say you've gone too far. And if the enemy, the devil can keep it in the darkness, it festers and the lie stays strong. But the moment you bring it out into the light, within trusted relationships, with people that you know are for you, you can get real. You can start confessing. That's the moment. The lie is diffused. Satan does not want it. It's so good. Yeah, okay, let's, let's clap about that. That's, that's a good reason to clap. Um, when we bring it out into the lie, the lie is diffused. You know, you, know, you know, at night time, you come up with these amazing ideas about 2 a.m. in the morning. And you write it down. I've done it. And you look at it the next day in the light and you're like, <laughs> that was pretty bad. Or you think your life is literally ended at 2 a.m. But then the sun comes up. You're like, oh, guess it's all right. Not as bad after all. It's a bit the same when you keep your stuff in the darkness. It seems so much worse than it is. Bring it out into the light. And there's healing. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about freedom and healing. James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Confess your sins to each other where you've missed the mark with each other and pray for each other so that you will be forgiven. It doesn't say forgiven. It says, so you will be healed. We're, we're instantly forgiven by God. I'm like, God, again. <laughs> again. Oh, man. Will you forgive me again? Because, like, yep, totally. But now we're talking about how do we get into freedom? How do we have healing into our life? When we bring it into the light, when we get real with each other, this is why we value dinner parties so much. We value dinner, we value party, but the heart behind it is to lure you there so that you can build authentic connection and relationship with each other so that over time you might be able to get real enough with each other to actually do this stuff and get free and get whole. And it's awesome. So that's the first point. <laughs> Turn. Turn from sin. Don't worry, we're nearing the end. Turn from sin. And the second thing is to burn for him. Turn from sin and burn for Jesus. For us, we don't need to just dethrone things that have found their way to our heart. But we need to also put Jesus actually back on the throne and burn for him. We, we need to get our affections pointed in the right direction. We need to give all of our affection and our love and our desire and our energy to Jesus. We don't want to just be Sunday Christians. We don't want to just be Christians by words only. We want to, we want to love God. We want to fall in love with him. We want to begin to burn for him to make the decision to run after him tonight. Romans chapter 6, verse 13, when we go back to that scripture, it says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. Instead, turn and burn. Give yourselves completely to God. It's not a healthy percentage to God. It's not a minimal contribution to God. It's give yourselves completely to God. You see, the truth is God wants to call us off the fence. God wants to call us off the fence. I don't know whether... I, I did a bit of, quite a bit of uh, fence sitting when I 
was a little boy. When I used to visit my mate, we used to sit on the fence. We used to talk to the neighbours and look at their chooks in the backyard. And used to have a neighbour, a neighbour who used, a friend who used to live next door to me. I'd spend some time sitting on the fence. And some of the fences I sat on had that nice sort of capping at the top there. But then other fences didn't. You know, the asbestos fence. And you're trying to sit there. And especially these guys, it can get quite painful. It's, um, it's not comfortable to be a fence sitter. You get a bit of a good view up there because you can see that backyard and you can see that backyard. You've got the best of both worlds, but you haven't jumped in to either yard. You haven't made a decision, where, where am I going to go? What yard am I going to jump on? And you know, the prophet Elijah was sent by God to the people of Israel, just like God sent Hosea to speak to Israel. He sent the prophet Elijah to call people off the fence and begin to worship God. And this is what Elijah said to them. In 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 21, he said, Well, then Elijah stood in front of them and he said, How much longer will you waver hobbling between two opinions? Seemed like they did a fair bit of fence sitting. If the Lord is God, follow him. If Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. You know, I encourage us, let's not be silent in our hearts tonight. But God is inviting us to turn from sin, to burn for Him, to make a choice. Tonight is enough. You know, maybe some of you are here tonight and going, well, I did the whole God stuff. It didn't really work for me. Well, can I just submit to you that maybe you didn't actually jump all in. Maybe you actually didn't get off the fence and say, I'm giving it all, God. I'm running after you. Because there's a difference between watching a cultural dance. You know, when, when nations come and they send someone or, or there's someone that does a cultural dance, that's a fun experience, but it's nothing like actually being immersed in their culture. Many years ago, I went to Papua New Guinea. I flew to Port Moresby, then a place called Papandera, then got a six-seater Cessna plane to a grassy airstrip about that steep. And then we went through a two or three-hour hike through the jungle to get this village, to this village where I stayed for two weeks. And we got to teach the Bible to a tribe up there who just had the Bible translated into their own native tongue after 30 years of a missionary doing work with those people. And I tell you what, I woke up every morning hearing the sound of pigs running underneath the hut. Um, I got to eat the same food as them, walk with them. I got to know them. That was a completely different experience, being fully immersed than watching a nice cultural dance. And so I want to invite you tonight. Would you not just come for the dance, but would you jump all in and be part of the dance? Would you come off the fence with God and truly burn for Him tonight? I want to encourage you to put Jesus in the heart of the throne of your life. Some practical ways to burn for Him is, is to feed your hunger. I'm going to feed my hunger. I'm going to starve these other things in my life that distract me. It's like eating sugar before a meal. It kind of takes away your appetite. Let's starve some other things that are actually neutralizing our appetite for spiritual things. I want to encourage you to spend time praying. Spend time worshiping God. Put the worship music on. Maybe go for a walk at a park cry to God, spend time enjoying time in His presence. Can I encourage you to make Sundays not an optional extra, but to push back time on your calendar and go, God, I'm putting you as number one. I'm not letting anything rob from me the good things that you have for my life. I'm going to position myself and make sure that you are number one in my life in real practical terms. Being part of dinner parties, maybe for you as well, it's going, all right, God, as an expression of my love, I'm going to begin tithing. 
I'm, I'm going all in. I'm not holding anything back. Maybe you want to join, be part of a team. Here, bring the gifts that God has given you to be part of a team tonight. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Next week in this Holy Spirit series, tonight, I want to come off the fence. I want to go all in. I want to make you as number one in my life. And let me tell you, God actually has a promise for us on the other side. Let me tell you, our life will never be the same again. Now, there's a difference between hearing the Word and doing the Word. The Bible says that you're not blessed in hearing the Word. It's like, that's nice. But the blessing is in the doing of the Word, the application of the Word. And so the question tonight is this, what, what are the idols in my life? What things am I bowing down to that I'm a slave to at the moment? And I believe tonight God is calling us to turn. It's another word, another word to say turn is to say repent. Sometimes we hear that word repent and we're like, whoa, that's heavy. Wow. But repent just means to change your mind. It means I'm changing my mind about heading in this direction and I'm, I'm turning and I want to burn. I won't do it perfectly. But I'm changing. I'm shifting my direction. And God has an, a phenomenal promise on the other side of this decision. And it's found in Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And this is his promise. It was, this was a quote from the end of Peter's sermon that saw thousands of people come to know Jesus. And this is the quote from the end of that sermon. Just like now. It says, now repent. Repent. Turn. Change your mind. Repent of the sin, the direction you're heading in. And turn to God that your sins might be wiped away. But get this. Then times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. Times of refreshment will come from the presence of the Lord. If you're feeling a bit tired, a bit burnt out, if you're feeling a bit dry in your faith right now, maybe it's because something is taking the place of your heart. But as we, as we turn, as we go, God, yes, I turn from this, I want to burn from you. The Holy Spirit sends you refreshing in this point tonight. Can I just ask us all to stand together? I just want to give God just a few moments. I want to give you, give us a few moments now just to respond. We're, we're here together. It's been a good time, but can I just encourage you just to close your eyes right now. Don't worry about the person to the left or to the right of you. Don't worry about the person in front or behind you. But right now, this moment is between, between you and God. And again, I want to come back to that question. What are, what are these idols in my life right now? I was going to pray, Holy Spirit, would you just come and begin to speak to us, God? Now, God, the Holy Spirit might put his finger on something that seems insignificant, but it's something that's found its way onto the front of your heart. It might be something big, but whatever that is right now, would you just bring it to him right now? Just begin to pray, bring it to him right now. Say, so tonight, God, I make the choice to turn. God, tonight I make the choice to put you on the throne. God, I make a choice to stop feeding this area of my life and I choose to go on the journey of starving this from my life would you help me Holy Spirit not to use my body as an instrument of things that don't honour you Lord, I don't want to be a slave but Lord God help me to use my life for freedom and to live and to be like you Jesus Lord tonight I make the decision I'm no longer sitting on the fence but tonight I'm going to burn for you God Lord I choose to love you to seek you as number one in my life God I'm turning from sin. I'm burning my idols, God, and I want to burn for you tonight, Lord. 
Just right now, Holy Spirit, as people were praying that, I just declare and release refreshing right now. Why don't you lift your hands to God? Receive the refreshing rain of His presence. Receive the refreshing rain of His forgiveness. Receive the refreshing rain of His healing. I believe that there's healing being released right now. There's tension in people's backs and shoulders and heads. It's been released right now in Jesus' name. Healing of emotion. Healing of fatigue. A healing over people, God. Would you just receive the refreshing rain of the Holy Spirit in this place? He's good. He's for you right now tonight. Let's just sing this song together.